This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome. So glad you could join us for today's episode. A conversation with Brian Scheiber of Purely Alpaca, based in California. I caught up with Brian when he came back from the warehouse to talk about how he got started with alpacas and what he and his wife Paula are doing now. Having started farming alpacas in 2001, they later developed a business supplying a wide range of products that can be used by alpaca farms to promote alpacas. Here he is. Yeah, so the the first question was was when did you meet your first alpaca and how did it make you feel? Uh, my first alpaca was was a picture of an alpaca, but uh, and that was in probably 1998 I would guess. And so if I can describe it as a picture, I was actually on a business trip flying across country and wasn't really wanting to do the trip. Uh, and I'm looking through some airplane magazine, and there was a beautiful picture of probably a dozen alpacas standing out in their field, and I was intrigued. Uh, so it stuck in my head, and I ended up looking into them later on, just intrigued by the whole thing, didn't know where I was going to go with it. And within two years, I had moved from Seattle to an island outside of Seattle, which had five acres of land, and I uh, proceeded to build a farm there on about an acre and a quarter. Right. And that's how I, that's how I got started in alpacas. I think I opened for business in 2001. Right. So how, how many alpacas did you start with? Three. Three. <laughs> wow. Yeah, two breeding females and, and a gelding. Right. Oh, happy days. <laughs> we, started with, <laughs> we, start, we started with five, five pregnant females. Um, and, oh, my. Uh, and away we, we went. We'd always intended to be that little bit larger. Um, and, uh, so knew we were in, we were going to be breeding. So we, we, we prepared and <laughs> except we weren't prepared at all. We thought we were, but it's, it's a, it's an interesting journey and lots of things to learn. Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. So t- tell us a bit about yourself and, and your alpaca journey. You started with three. How did things go from there? Uh, let's see. It went pretty well. I ended up with a, what I thought was a gorgeous farm. Uh, it was very small. And the building itself probably fit maybe two cars as far as uh, their barn. Um, got up to around 15 alpacas at that farm and then bought another farm and it moved and doubled it. I never went really higher than 30. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, the original farm was deep in the woods. So it was an interesting challenge. We cleared out all the underbrush, kept the majority of the trees, put up a big gate foot uh, American fence. And, um, and I remember having a couple open houses and watching one guy, we had plenty of people watching one guy stand out there, just stood out there for, for like an hour. And finally I got around to going to see him after talking to everybody else, just to see what he was up to. And he just said, he said, I'm just so amazed at how beautiful this feels standing here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy gets it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And when I when I moved to Southern Washington, uh, just I'll just fill this in. I I, I kind of decided I was going to get really into the business side 
uh, initially it was just a, you know, cute farm sure. and see how it goes. But then in Southern Washington, we were doing the whole deal. Lots of brokering, lots of, uh, uh, lots of breeding. Um, I was shearing alpacas. Wow. Um, we had a number of boarded animals and I had eight acres to work with. So it was a much bigger operation for us, still small, but much bigger operation. We used to have a thing every year called the herd sire review. And we invited people to, for mm. free to bring their herd sires and other people would come and review them all at one right. time. So it, uh, yeah, mm. uh, it was, it was yeah, fun. Sounds it, and that that was something that um, grew over time. Um, and did you have regular visitors? We did, yeah. Especially the first one, the island one. We ended up with a lot of tourist yeah. visitors, and it's funny. It, it took us a while to realize it. At first, we're like, "Oh, all these people want to, you know, get into alpacas." Yeah, <laughs> we're naive, naive, and then later realized, "Oh, they just want to see something cute," yeah. you know. And that's what created that's what created purely alpaca. When I finally realized that these people are just coming for for tourism, uh, I bought a bunch of stuff and put it in a little room that we had near the barn. And uh, next thing I know, I'm in business yeah. on that side. Mm -hmm. So, and do you st do you still have alpacas or? I, I do not. I do not. I moved down to San Diego years ago and and uh, left left that side behind and went uh, back into a oceanography career I've had since I was a young adult right. and did that for the last eight or so years. Yeah. Uh, I am retired from the oceanography job. Now I live entirely off of uh, our right. business. Excellent. So you haven't got alpacas, but you're still connected with alpacas in your area? Yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough, even in this hot climate, there are uh, a number of farms. Yeah. They're not, no, no real large ones, but there's, there's a number of farms and uh, they seem to be doing uh, reasonably well. The animals, that is. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how do alpacas cope with the climate? And for that matter, how do you cope with the climate? Which you've already said, it's 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 a dry heat, which is nice. Yeah, I, you take a few precautions with the animals and, of course, shear them earlier than normal. Um, and they seem to do they seem to do OK. Uh, they're pretty resilient, as, as you well know. In terms of um, your experience with people in the alpaca world, um, do you think there's a, a kind of a key question that you've been asked most for those that came to visit or those that came to, to buy animals from you? What was, what was their key thing that they wanted to know? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, the, they want to know how hard they are to take care of. I mean, there's a lot of silly questions as I'm sure you know the list, but uh, you know, like, do they, do they spit and you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, they, they generally wanted to know what does it take to raise an alpaca? And yeah, and of course, we'll correct them and say, well, you can't just Indeed. have one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that seemed to be the, the main focus. And of course, that's perfect because what you're looking for as someone who's selling animals is uh, here, well, let me take you under my wing and yeah. I'll teach you uh, some, husband, some husbandry. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that I think people. Uh, <laughs> There are some people who think they're very cute and, and like the idea, but that's it need to go beyond that and look at the practicalities and realize the long-term commitment um, that, that's involved because of the, the, the length of time they live, but, but also the, the kind of the practicalities, can you actually do this? Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's all doable, but it, it does require commitment to, to, to learning um, and becoming familiar with what is required. 
For sure. And you have to understand the peculiarities of raising this type of animal. It's, I mean, they're, they're very hardy. And in my experience, you know, they, they can put up with quite a bit, but uh, if you do something that's outside their tolerance, you, you run into trouble. Yeah. You know, um, so got to be careful what they're eating, what they're, what they're eating, you know, don't, don't feed them the equivalent of alpaca chocolate. You know, yeah. people, uh, yeah, I've seen lots of things as a, as a traveling shearer, I saw a, a lot of, things uh, you know, so, I can but again they're easy to take care of you just have you just have to know the right you just have to know the right way they're easy to take care of but you just have to learn what's that's correct. right so when, when you were sharing was that when you were younger did did, did your back and your knees hold out because i know i know for shearing these days that i've seen people uh using shearing tables um, and thinking, oh, that that looks, oh, I could, I could, I could move, progress onto that. <laughs> my my back is starting to tell me I'm getting older. Uh, I started in my, uh, well, what I started some twenty years ago, right? So I'm now in my mid fifties. So I was in my late thirties probably when I started shearing, and it was an interesting workout. I, I actually really enjoyed it. it's crazy even when i was just sweating bullets you know just sweating so i was so hot you know it got hot in in parts of washington and oregon where i was doing the shearing um but i I enjoyed it and by the end of the season my back was it's it's those it's the first few once you once you you, i always find that the first one was always a challenge both both physically and you getting back into your rhythm and routine again um and and i always felt felt like i needed to go back and do that one again (laughs) (laughs) yep definitely definitely in shearing there's a certain flow you know once you're really warmed up and and yeah you just you just burn through it and you know and and avoiding those second cuts of course but you know it's uh yeah i would enjoy just the 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 dance of of the process yeah i always did mine the old-fashioned way you know tied down on the ground um i did i i i did a couple of tables because the customer really wanted me to but you know, if somebody gets loose, next thing you, next thing you know, you got an animal hanging by one leg off the table somewhere. You know, so I, I just yeah, that that always scared me. And I had other people wanted me to do them standing up, and I did that a few times. Uh, I also did a few. I did a few llamas, which you definitely do standing up, and that was. I actually I enjoyed doing llamas. It was interesting because they, uh, well, they usually really needed it. You know, yes, it's been years, <laughs> and and. Um, the llama had to grant you permission. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I understand so, completely what you mean. Yeah, I had a couple that basically said, nah, you're pushing a little too hard. I'm just going to move sideways and plow you into this wall. Here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and as long as he established my respect, he was okay with letting me share him. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Yes, I, I I was asked to. I didn't get as far as actually doing the shearing. I was asked to look at a couple that that, that somebody had alpacas and llamas, and uh, toenails. Well, oh, okay. So I, I bent down to have a look at these toenails at a distance. I thought was that was far enough away, and all of a sudden there is a foot zipping past the front of my nose. Just missed it, but I felt the wind move. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was very fast and a very long leg, much longer than I thought it was. And I thought, hmm, okay, they need a lot of respect. I will I will stand up and move away now. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, an interesting challenge. Yeah, interesting yeah, challenge. Yeah. So I I know we we've got thirty nine um, alpacas at the moment, 
and and I've I've got a whole bunch of them. Well, I've probably got thirty nine favourites. When you had alpacas, did you have any particular favourites? Uh, Johanna. Uh, Johanna. Johanna. Uh, she was uh, uh, black. Uh, she really wasn't that wonderful of an animal, but the personality just blew me away. So um, I, I had a good time with her. And for years, I wanted to do a cartoon strip based on her. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah, uh, I, I did some practicing of the drawing and things like that. I've never been a cartoonist. Yeah. I can't really draw, but, but uh, yeah, she was a, she was a trip. She, she, I enjoyed just her behavior and she seemed to be twice as intelligent of, you know, than all the other ones. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 And was she the, the, the main sort of leader for the, the herd or? Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've got a black one that's the leader of our herd, <laughs> uh, and and complete with with uh, attitude and intelligence. There's something something behind the eyes, much more than than some of the others, as you say. This is very interesting. Oh, yeah. very well put, Stephen. Very well put. Um, I mean, she wasn't aggressive. No. She wasn't aggressive, but she commanded respect. No. Just commanded respect. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything you miss most from not having alpacas at the moment? being around them yeah yeah, yeah. I, I miss i miss um i miss walking into a room with them and walking in in a gentle non-threatening you know friendly manner and interacting with them in the way they interact you know and if you don't if you don't yeah. get if you don't have or get alpacas you probably couldn't understand what that means but there's a certain feeling when you're with them yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. i i i I do get that. <laughs> of course you do. It's, of course you do. It is, no, it no, is, it is special. It is, it is special. And it's, and it's a real, it's a real privilege, isn't it? To... Yeah. Yeah. You know, the first night, the first, <laughs> let me tell you, it's the first night I got my first animals. I set up a cot in the barn and slept with them. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> and they, just, well, well. they, they pretty much thought what anybody else would think. Like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Just think about the alpaca industry. It's it's different in different places around the world. How are things with the alpaca industry in the United States at the moment? Uh, very good, actually. Yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, good. Yeah, it's it's growing on many levels. Um, there's still a few things that are needed, but uh, it. I think it's. Uh, I think uh, frankly, it's booming. Right. That's that's good to hear because generally we seem to to follow on about ten fifteen years behind um, uh, the United States because you got you got started start earlier than we did in you in the UK. Um, so I, th I think it's it's varied here when financial crisis two thousand eight was was a bit of a challenge and it seems to be they're they're kind of the top end of the uh the animal tree as it were and therefore they tend to have become liked but but not so popular um but that seems to be growing again now in terms of s small numbers which is which is good well well my perspective of course is on the on the uh, product side these days sure. so yeah, yeah. Uh, the the ability to sell a very expensive alpaca is still quite a challenge compared to what it was you know mm. 15 years ago before 2008 yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Back then in the U.S., if you could get an animal, you could sell an animal pretty easily. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it's still a challenge to sell an alpaca at a, at a good high price. Uh, obviously, yeah. there's exceptions when you're at the top of the line or something like yeah, that. Yeah, top quality. But, yeah, 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 yeah. 
but as far as the product side goes, it's working very, very yeah. well. And our niche is to supply these small farm stores and town sure. boutiques, you know, with products that help them with their business. Yeah. Yes. And certainly from the, from the website, and we'll have a, a link on the, uh, on the show notes just to, to, to connect everybody to, to see what it is that, that, that you can supply. Um, there's a whole range of things that you're doing there from, from the very small little, little things for the children would, would enthuse over, um, up to some lovely, uh, throws and, and some, some clothing and stuff that, that I thought, Oh, that looks nice. It's a pity it's so far away. That looks nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I spend, uh, a tremendous amount of time on it. I'm, I'm somewhat obsessed. I enjoy developing products and working with yeah. different manufacturers to create new products. Right now, we're working on a sleeping bag. A sleeping bag. Oh, oh, oh that yeah, sounds good. Yeah. 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 Du- duvets uh, have gone uh, very well in this country. Ah, in the UK. okay. So duvets uh, duvet as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a bed item. Yeah, as this a, is a, as a bedding know, thing, yeah. And this, this one's think tent and camping and stuff like that. Yeah, this this, this is right. um, sort of in a in a home setting, but I can imagine I a, um, a, a a sleeping bag would work really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Spending a lot of time, <laughs> spending a lot of time doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we have a too many products, probably. Uh, I just uh, can't stop myself, and we just keep finding new people and then we come up with an idea and we say, Oh, we yeah. should do this. You know, everything we sell is my first thought is I think back to my first little farm store and go, would people want to buy this? And yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that's where, that's where this stuff comes from. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, I, sometimes I'm dead wrong and other times I put in a product that I think isn't going to go anywhere and it, you know, it becomes one of my most popular things. And is that something that's just based in, in the U S or, or do you supply beyond? Wow, how long of an answer do you want on that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's all very uh, well. We're based in the UK, obviously, but but um, you know, pointing in the, in the people in, the, in your your direction. If, if 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 they can't get hold of the things in the UK, then it's it's um, it's tempting them. But it would be nice to see if there's a way that that you can connect the uh, the, the supply chain over into the UK as well. Yeah, surely. Uh, we have uh, customers all over the world and quite a few in the UK. Right. Um, there is, we have a, uh, what we call a preferred retailer is someone who buys at a certain level. And when they do that, they get on the map and it's a, you know, one of these little maps that shows where everybody is. Yep. Um, I don't have anybody in the UK at that level at this point, but we have quite a few customers. I know that because mm. we ship there regularly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they should, they, they should definitely consider it because we offer uh, shipping discounts when you get up to the preferred level. Right. Um, there you go. So, yeah. and, and so, so there's the, the, the contact details for uh, making links with you will be uh, again on the, on the show notes, but the, they can find that as well on the website. Um, what's, what's the best mm-hmm. way of people contacting you? Which, which route do you prefer? <laughs> um, I, I love email. Email. There we go. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I love email. I, we have, we can do it anyway. Sure. We, we're connected in all kinds of ways, but, uh, yeah, I, I love doing email. If for nothing else, I can go back and remind myself what we were talking about six months yeah. ago. <laughs> always, always helpful. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, ride on the yeah. memory. But, but a quick answer on your we have bought products from many different countries. Mm. We also have a, you know, made in the USA, as I'm sure you have a made in the UK sure. kind of, you know, popular thing. Um, we have that. We have a whole line, a collection that's 
focused on that. But then we buy a lot, obviously, from Peru. Sure. And I've bought things from weird places. I almost <laughs> bought some stuff from South Africa. Right. You know, we, we have Thailand and uh, Japan and Thailand and a few things from China, I have to admit. Mm. Um, Australia, I bought some things from Australia. and So, yeah, yeah all over. Yeah, the these alpacas do get around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, did I see on your website that you also have have now, um, or somewhere, might be on Facebook, um, that you've taken over the uh, the fiber co-op, as it was? Uh, yeah. Kind of. We, 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 yeah, we said we uh, took over the mission, so to speak, um, which is more hopeful thinking. But basically, I was a member of the co-op for many years, back when I had a farm and I contributed fiber yeah. and we even had a, a thing during, during that herd sire review I mentioned earlier. We had a lot of people bring fiber. And this guy who worked with Pendleton Mills stuffed this econoline, this big van full of fiber, just stuffed right. it, you know, and uh, took it off to, took it off to uh, Pendleton Mills, which is in the northwest. And they made blankets and throws out of and scarves out of them. Um, so that project eventually kind of wrapped up and we ended up buying out the whole inventory right. and 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 kind of taking over the development of blankets uh, that we're doing now. Um, same thing with the AFCNA, the Pack of Fiber Co-op in North America. They, they, they were a wonderful organization. They did a lot of great things for, for the U S alpaca mm. industry. Uh, but eventually their eventually their time had come. And when they uh, put out for bid their remaining inventory, we bought a whole bunch right. of stuff, uh, including their website, their website domain and, uh, you know, and we've been making their some of their socks, um, number of their lines, and uh, yeah, uh, a whole we bought all kinds of things, everything from raw fiber and bales to finished product and yarn. Mm. Oh, excellent! There you go. It just shows you the kind of yeah. things you can do with uh, yeah. alpaca fiber. There's all there's and, yeah. and related things. Um, so there's there's such mm -hmm. a wide range mm -hmm. there. I'm not sure what's developing in the UK. I'd be curious to hear. But the the one thing that I still feel is lacking with the closing of the AFCNA is they provided a service where they would collect fiber throughout the country, pool it into large mm. collections and then have it, pro have it processed and then, you know, given to basically provided back to the contributing right. farms. Uh, when, when the AFCNA went under, I mean, we have some businesses here that are sort of doing that. Um, but not at the scale that AFCNA was. I, I think it really is a challenge. That going back in the early days uh, of things just getting started in the UK, there was a the attempt to try and set up some kind of co-op, but it, it it didn't didn't go all that well. Um, I think it's a real challenge to make it work effectively. There's a number of individual businesses now that that will um, collect fibre and pool it, as you say, and produce uh, enough of the same colour, the same fineness and, and quality um, so that you've got large volume bales of uh, of the, the fiber that can be then processed commercially because the, the large mills just gobble up tons of the of the fiber so quickly um, and being able to have it consistent so you don't have to keep tweak, tweaking the machines uh, or stripping them down and cleaning them between colors and that kind of thing so it's it's something that is happening and I think it's it's growing I think as you say said earlier we, we're slightly behind some of the things in, in, and the, the scale probably uh, is a key part of that in terms of what's happening in the UK compared to the US. But um, yeah, there's some encouraging signs and a lot of the stuff that was thrown away or not used uh, has now got a value 
uh, and there's there's a market for it. So that's that's an encouraging development, and I'm sure we'll see more of that. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and it's all about the scale. We, we I operate. We have a thing called the Fiber Call, which is basically we buy fiber from small farms, usually in rather you know hundred pound to two hundred pound range, and we send it to any number of mills that we're working with to produce products. Um, but it you know that's a that's a much smaller scale. And so I, we are providing a service and I'm doing it because I used to shear and I know that people would leave it in their bedrooms or garages or wherever, you know, and, and, or throw it or literally throw it away. And it just pained me. So that's kind of why we do this fiber call thing. We make product and then the people get a credit to our store for their contribution and they can buy product and then resell. But it's tiny. It's a small scale compared to the AFCNA approach and the mega and the large mills that can provide real yeah. you know, volume discounts. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm still hopeful that those will develop. I don't know if you've talked to the people um, in Australia. Yeah. Um, is there anybody in particular? That... Yeah, they, they are doing. Well, I, you know, I'm. There's a Facebook page that I have somewhere, and I cannot remember the. Uh, you know, it's an Aboriginal name, I think, for the group. Um, but they are collecting large amounts of fiber and shipping them right. overseas for processing. And, uh, you know, whole containers, that kind of thing. Um, I actually got a, a weird contact about two weeks ago from somebody from India who wants oh, thirds, right. what we call yeah, thirds, yeah, yeah. you know, the stuff yeah. you don't use for anything else. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they're making rugs or oh, interesting. whatever. And, um, you know, and they want a minute, they want a minimum yeah. shipment of a ton. Right. <laughs> and they don't really want it processed by us. Just, you know, clean out the really naughty bits. And mm. uh, Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I contacted a couple of groups here in the U.S. I haven't heard of anything back that, you know, we're going to get anywhere with it. Yeah. But, I mean, there is demand out there. I just we need the collection, the collection capability. And obviously yeah. it all yeah, has yeah. to work financially. Yeah, that's good. I think, it, I think it's one of those things that will develop over time. It will take time to come together, but it, it's it's got the potential to do that. But it has to scale up, and and that's as we as we said, that's the that's the big challenge. Uh, and maybe that's not for you and me to do. We'll just do the small stuff. But uh, there we go. Excellent. Yeah, I'm just going to keep promoting alpaca with, with that's products. right. That's so right. Yeah, you can't do anything. Can't do everything. <laughs> so that's that's really really good yeah. to catch up with you and to hear some of the the stuff you're doing. Um, we'll. We'll put the links in the show notes and people can, can make contact and see what's what's going on in your neck of the woods. Um, <clears throat> was there anything else uh, that we haven't got to that you'd like to to comment on or say? Uh, not necessarily. No? Okay. no, no. I'm I'm in, I'm encouraged by seeing I'm encouraged by seeing other companies out there that are more of the mainstream garment industry getting into alpaca. I know it's a, a direct yeah. threat to me in one way, but uh, I, I want to see the growth of alpaca. I want to see the growth so I can, I can handle it. <laughs> you the were there first. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's, there, there's some, there are some nice things. And, uh, well, and certainly we, it, the, uh, the British uh, Alpaca Society national show, there were some, some lovely things that were on show um, that had been produced as well as the animals that were, were there. Um, and the, the 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 judging of that side of things, but there were also some products and through a range of of different categories. Um, so there's some really nice stuff that that people are doing, uh, very good quality and much much beyond the basic stuff that that a lot of us can can manage at a crafting level. Um, so that's that's good to see. 
Oh, most definitely. I, I have definitely been spying on the uh, UK <laughs> from a distance. And I've seen from a distance, yes. And uh, but I've seen some some beautiful creations yeah. and some some wonderful product lines. There you go. So congratulations on that. Well, time is gone, but thank you so much um, for, for, I'm not sure what time it is, your end now. It's probably, I was trying to do the maths. I find it very difficult. <laughs> it's just uh, coming noon. up noon. Oh, there we go. There we go. So it's, it's, just it's in noon. time for, for, for lunch, hopefully. But mm -hmm. uh, Brian, thank you so much for, for spending some time with me on, <laughs> on the line. And uh, but uh, thanks ever so much. Really appreciate your time. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with me on the Alpaca journey and hope to see you again soon. Questions or comments? Drop me a line or leave a voice message using the magic button on the website. This is the Alpaca Tribe and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day.